On today's episode of the Digging In Podcast, we talk about the prophet Habakkuk. Today. I am so pumped right now. It's, it's incredible. Welcome back to another episode of the Digging In Podcast Lessons from Series. Right now, we are looking at all kinds of biblical characters. We're really just learning lessons from them. If we really do believe that the Bible is the Word of God given to us by God Himself through the Spirit empowering other human beings, then we believe that these stories are relevant to our daily lives and relevant to growing in our faith. And that's really what I believe, and I hope that right now you are also believing that same thing. And so that's why we are reading, and that's why we are looking at these stories of all these biblical characters to figure out what was God doing in their life? What was God doing in the life of Israel at that time? Why is it important today in 2021? And this is a really, really, really cool opportunity for us to look at these biblical characters, but do it in a way that also is telling us the story of the Old Testament through the New Testament all the way to the end. So we're looking at Genesis to Revelation, the whole Bible. So right now, as you guys are going through this with me, you are reading the whole Bible right alongside me. And so talk about the weirdest and craziest Bible reading plan. Now, I'm obviously not going to hit on every single thing, and there's going to be some areas where you're going to miss a couple characters and a couple stories. Like, in fact, just in case you guys didn't notice, we skipped over the whole book um, of Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles. And some of you are like, wow, we didn't even talk about that. Well, here's the deal. I'll just give you a spoiler. That's actually going to be the very last episode. The book of Chronicles is the last episode of the Hebrew Bible. So right before we move into the New Testament, this is actually going to be our last episode with Chronicles. Uh, and the reason I mean that is the reason I'm doing that is because in the Hebrew Bible, the original ordering of the texts, we've talked about this before, um, how there's three groups of texts in the Hebrew Bible. That's the Torah, the first five books, and then the prophets, and then the writings. Um, and in the very last book of the Hebrew Bible is Chronicles. And the reason is, is because Chronicles actually looks at the whole story of Israel. It looks at the story from basically the beginning until the end, retelling everything. So the chronicler, the person who's writing the story, is looking back on the whole story of Israel up until the, the moments after the exile and explaining what happened uh, and, and giving an insight, giving some insight to the people of Israel. So uh, we skipped over the book of Chronicles. We skipped over a couple other books as well. And that's not because they're not important. It's just because where I'm going and what I'm talking about, I don't want you guys to just sit here as we go through all 66 books of the Bible and think that I'm going to talk about every little thing. I'm trying to create in you a desire to continue reading the Bible on your own and to continue to dig into Scripture and learn what it says without me guiding you through it all, or actually without me just telling you what I really believe is going on here. So, with all that being said, today we are talking about the prophet Habakkuk, one of the weirdest names in the whole Bible. In fact, the guy who has one of the weirdest names has a book, and so people mispronounce his name all the time. You know, sorry, rest in peace, Habakkuk, but people butcher your name, man. Sorry. But hey, here's the deal. The uh, story of Habakkuk is really cool, and it is super, super relevant to the topic of the prophets and, and what we're talking about today, and actually this whole week. So uh, before we jump into that, why don't you guys go ahead and grab your Bible, pen, and paper, 
and let's dig in. Father God, thank you so much for bringing us together to give us the opportunity to learn from you, honestly, just to learn from you, God, to read your word, to figure out what it is saying to us today, but also what it was saying to people back in the day and figure out where's the relevance, where's the connecting line between then and now and why is it important? So God, thank you for that. Thank you that your, your word is profitable. It's good for teaching and reproof. It's good for building up the saints, building up those who believe, but it's also good for exposing all of the sin and ugliness in our world and causing us to run to you because you are the only one, the only perfect, perfect one in this whole entire Bible. So as we look through these stories of human beings, let us not run to them for advice and help, but let us run to you in everything. God, we love you so much. We praise you in your name. Amen. Right on, guys. The book of Habakkuk. It's going to be in the minor prophets. We've been there a little bit uh, with the stories of Jonah, Hosea, and Amos. So just keep flipping around until you find Habakkuk. It's going to be right after Nahum and right before Zephaniah. And so uh, the book of Habakkuk, I'm sitting here looking at it right now, is uh, three whole chapters. And so my reading plan for you guys today is to read three whole chapters. Again, it's okay if you're confused. It's okay if you're like, wow, there's a lot of names and places um, and things happening. There's a whole bunch of images I don't understand. That's okay. That is okay. We're going to talk about it. We're going to break down the important ones and figure out what the message of the prophet Habakkuk is for us today. So my only advice as you go into the book of Habakkuk is to uh, maybe look at those first few words that says the oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. If you notice that, then you notice it's different from some of the other things that we've read. So Jonah was a story, so it was very different from Amos, and it's very different from like Obadiah and Zephaniah. Uh, and, and Hosea's was a story, kind of like Jonah's. So Jonah and Hosea share a little bit in common in the way that they are um, written as narrative, as stories, and not just uh, explanations of you know things happening. And so Habakkuk is going to fall a little bit more into that category, but not quite. So it's actually going to be kind of a middle ground between Amos and Hosea and Jonah. What I mean by that is it's going to be kind of a story, kind of an image, but Habakkuk isn't going out like in Joel and Obadiah and Zephaniah. He's not going out to preach this message to a whole bunch of people. In fact, what we're reading right here is a conversation between Habakkuk and God. Super unique. This is a super, super unique book. It's three chapters of a conversation between a prophet and God. So it doesn't start with, these are the words of the Lord that Habakkuk spoke to all people. This is a, this is, all this is, is a, is a conversation. In fact, the first little title there, this is the other hint I can give you. The first title of Habakkuk one is Habakkuk's complaint. The second title, the Lord's answer. The second, the third title, Habakkuk's second complaint. Do you see it? Like it's, it's a conversation that we're having here. And so it's God and, and Habakkuk talking about the coming judgment over Israel, both you know Judah and northern Israel, but also all nations on earth. So this is going to be a really interesting uh, look here. But the reason we're reading this alongside everything else is because I want you guys to understand that the prophets weren't just this doom and gloom or this you know beautiful like I'm going to prophesy everything that's going to happen in the future. That's not really what this is about. That's those are elements of it for sure. But what this is about is a human being being chosen by God to speak the words or to know the words of God directly about something that's going to happen. 
It's a really cool way that God chooses people. And in this moment, he chooses a guy who struggles with doubt. So this is the prophet who struggles with doubt. So if you are right now thinking to yourself, well, I doubt all the time. In fact, I'm just raise your hand to yourself right now. If you're in a coffee shop, I want you to raise your hand still. Sorry, all those people are going to look at you and be real confused. Actually, no, it's 2021. They'll probably be, they'll think you're on a Zoom call or something. But hey, if you are a person who struggles with doubt, raise your hand. Raise that hand up. Understand that it's okay because if you could see everyone else, everyone else is raising their hand. Whether you doubt, you know, if you doubt that God hears you, maybe you doubt that God's working in your life or in someone else's life. Maybe you doubt that God is watching over the world right now. Maybe you even doubt that God even exists. If you struggle with doubt, that's okay. We can't leave it there as we're, as we're about to learn with the story of Habakkuk. So let's go ahead and you guys read chapters one through three, and then come back and join us for a really quick explanation and lesson from. Awesome. Interesting read, right? I mean, super interesting. If you guys could track along with the complaints of Habakkuk, uh, and, and you can kind of generally understand where he's coming from, that's great. If not, Maybe you had to move to a different translation. We've talked about this before. I read out of the ESV. Um, I have a reason. I'm not going to sit here and preach to you why, but I've got a reason for why I read ESV. That being said, I think that the NLT at times is helpful, or perhaps the CSB, and the CSB is actually a really great translation, I think. So all this is to say, everything I'm trying to say here is find something that makes a little bit more sense to you at times, as long as it's not the message. Do not read the message translation Bible ever, ever, ever. Please do not read it. Don't read it. I'll just tell you why. Um, All these books don't have a written by an, an author even though the author is God, it doesn't say written by. The message says written by, and it's a guy named Eugene. So he's admitting that he's the author of that Bible. So it's really just his interpretation, which is not always helpful. So the NLT or the CSB or the ESV or some preferred ones, maybe the NASB if you're uh, really nerdy, um, or the King James if you'd like to be old school style. But regardless, if you didn't really understand this, I'm going to help us understand. So first and foremost... These are words between Habakkuk and God, okay? Habakkuk and God, not, he's not going out and preaching to people. It's just a conversation. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and will you not hear? (laughs) Remember those complaints that I was talking about? How many of you doubt that God hears you? Well, Habakkuk opens up with wondering whether God actually hears him. What he goes on to say is there's terrible things happening. There's violence everywhere, I'm looking at all the violence. I'm looking at all the wrongdoing and the destruction and all the contention that's in our world. It's it's terrible. No one talks about the law. There's corrupt leaders everywhere. The Bible is not being preached. And because of those corrupt leaders, injustice is happening. So what is the Lord's answer in chapter one? He says, don't you worry. I'm raising up a nation, the Chaldeans, and they're going to come and destroy you. (laughs) (laughs) not like you, like you're going to die Habakkuk, but don't worry. I'm going to erase all those problems with these people called the Chaldeans. And for those of you who've been kept, you know, keeping up with us, the Chaldeans is another name for the Babylonians. So the Babylonians are going to come. God is going to raise them up and send them to attack and judge the nations. And Habakkuk's like, wait, wait a second. Hold hold on. You're going to raise up the Babylonians. 
Like those guys are way worse than us. Like we're, yeah, we're, we're jacked up, but those guys are not, aren't just pagans, but they're terrible, terrible people. I mean, they're awful. And you're going to raise an unjust nation. You're going to raise them up to beat a slightly more just nation than them. Like how can they're evil? They're wicked. We just mess up, right? How could you do that? Well, he goes on to Habakkuk, you know, lays that out. And then the Lord answers him again in chapter two and says, Listen, Habakkuk, I want you to write this down. Go get some tablets. Remember the tablets? Have you guys seen tablets before? Yeah, you have Exodus with the Ten Commandments. God telling Moses to grab some tablets and start writing some of this stuff down. And he goes and basically says, this is what's going to happen. In the future, these people are going to come. The Babylonians are coming. But, verse 4, their soul is puffed up. It is not upright within them. The righteous shall live by his faith. So the other, the, the reason here is that the one who lives by faith in God will prosper because of God. So he's saying that although Babylon is coming, although these horrible people are coming, they aren't righteous. But if you are righteous and your people are righteous, then I will save you. So bad stuff is happening. It's about to happen. It's coming soon. But if you would be faithful and righteous, if you would live according to the law and not be corrupt and not be unjust, then I'll save you. In fact, he goes on in the rest of chapter two, God is talking. And not only is he talking, he's saying, don't worry, the Babylonians that I'm going to raise up against you, I will also destroy them. So don't worry, just don't worry. And so what happens? Well, right before God responds in that second moment, we get a really interesting thing here at, uh, at the end of chapter one, start of chapter two. It's actually two verse one. And it says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower. I will look out to see what you will say to me and what I will answer concerning my, compl- and what you will answer concerning my complaint. That's Habakkuk's complaint about, wait, those guys are bad guys and you're going to use them to judge us. He says, I'm, I'm just going to wait here. I'm just going to listen and I'm going to be patient. But man, I'm angry. I am so angry. I'm just going to listen and wait. You, you've got to say something good to me. And then in chapter three, he says this, Oh Lord, I have heard the report from you and your work. Oh Lord, do I fear in the midst of the years, revive it in the midst of the years, make it known in wrath. Please remember mercy. Habakkuk recognizes that God does hear him. He just took some patience, took some time. It took him actually listening, right? Sometimes we spend so much time talking, so much time complaining, so much time venting to God that we don't even give ourselves a chance to listen. I mean, how many of you guys, when you pray, just kind of be like, hey, God, uh, listen, I need this, or hey, give me this, or um, please help me with this, and then, okay, thanks, amen. And that's it. Like you just bring things to God and you just, that's it. How many of, how many of you actually spend time listening? And I'm not talking like a hippy dippy meditative state of like, I'm now going to listen for the words of the Lord. And then you just sit silently for hours. And I'm just saying, how many of you allow the truths of scripture to speak to you? How many of you slow down to get out of your own head to actually listen to what God has to say through his word? Because I don't at times, a lot of times I bring a lot of my stuff to God and just close it out, you know, and and that's it. That's all I do. Sometimes I feel like I'm praying out of an obligation or a duty. The only times I'm praying to God or coming to God is because I feel like I have to as a Christian. But what we learn here with the story of Habakkuk is that he complains, but then he sits at his watch post. He's sitting there 
just like right on the edge of a tower, looking out on the wasteland beyond him and looking at just waiting for God to reply. He's just anxiously waiting. And when he waits, he hears. And what he hears is that God is going to do that, but he's also going to save his people. And then he goes on to describe God. And he goes on to describe him in a way that sounds a lot like the Exodus, a lot like the way that God came to a mountain and there was thunder and lightning. He was bright and shining and no one could follow him. No one could look at him. No one could even feel him really because of his great and magnificent holiness. He ends uh, this section in in verse 316, I hear and my body trembles, my lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones, my legs tremble beneath me. Yet, I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. He's saying, I get it, God. I hate it, but I get it. I'm going to wait here and wait for you to have victory. And then he goes on in his last little bits, 17 through 19, to describe an assurance, a rejoicing assurance that he knows that although bad stuff happens in our world, there's injustice everywhere. The Babylonians are horrible people. The world has horrible, horrible people in it. And yet what God says is one day I will bring to you, bring you to safety. If you are righteous and you live by faith, and you remove from yourself self-righteousness and self-decision, if you say, I'm ready to die to myself and live by the power of Christ living in me, if you're willing to do that, then Christ too will save you. God will save you. God will take you from the evil and the horror and the sickness and the pain of this world and bring you into something better. Because what does it say right there at the end in 17 through 19? It says, you will make my feet like the hind feet of the deer. I will walk. I'll be able to walk on the high places. This is a reference to the type of deer that are in Israel. It's called an ibex. And they have these hooves, these kind of feet that allow them to walk on narrow edges. They're almost like goats. It's it's crazy. And what this is saying is, you make my feet. You make me able to walk even on the most dangerous places, in the most ridiculous ways, in the most ridiculous times of the world, you give me feet so that I can walk there. You are not leaving me alone, but you are preparing me and walking me through the junk of this world. And so the lesson today, the lesson of Habakkuk is that doubts are okay. It's okay if you doubt. I think it's a, it's a healthy process for you to say, hey, do I really believe God exists? And then to work through why you believe that. It, it, it strengthens our faith in God. But here's the thing. Habakkuk doesn't leave his doubts where they are. He doesn't leave his anger and his confusion where they are. He digs deeper and he waits and listens. He digs deeper and he waits and listens. And that's how Habakkuk's faith is so strong. He's not willing to just let other people's answers about God solve his problems. He says, I need to work through this myself. I need to dig into what I know about God so that way I can figure out what I actually believe about him. And that way I can actually be encouraged by him. And where does he end? He ends in this recognition that the world is broken and full of disaster and that he needs God and he knows that God is with him, walking with him, preparing him to walk through every hard and difficult circumstance in this life. 
Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Digging In Podcast Lessons From series. Join us on our next episode as we talk about the weeping prophet with the story of Jeremiah.